Thank you guys for tuning in, man. Uh, it's one of those things where we still have to stay focused on the craft at hand. This is Lost Nation show. We pretty much talk football of the Dallas Cowboys. We all know that uh, there's a long road during the offseason, and we still have to get into the mix. The topic of today will be the talking of the Dallas Cowboys defense as well as the Dallas Cowboys uh, offensive play as it relates to the wide receiver play. Those are things. Thank those who are part of the notification squad and thank those too as well who listen to this show uh, as far as the uh, podcast. The information is down below. Uh, Always feel free to go there. Uh, I'm now internationally uh, known. I got iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. You type it into the podcast, you will see these episodes. So that's, there you go. You got to get your fix on the Cowboys Nations and talking about these things. But the thing that we really need to focus on, and I always say this, the defense. The defense, is, 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 is that's the way where you win the championships. And not just that. Not just, it's just to start speaking championships during the offseason. But defense, defense alone is where you pretty much can win games. And especially when you have your reservations on certain key players. And, and this offense is so young. Uh, you can only imagine if we can get this offense up to par. And the defense is going to be there. I like the aspect. I like the new wrinkles of what Rob Marinelli can do as far as the front four. And then we talked about Chris Richard all through, through his offseason and what he's going to do. Uh, as it relates to pretty much the, the secondary. And shout out to those, man. Shout out to those who've been following the channel. Uh, before I get into the, any topic, i just like to give a, a quick shout out to Q Mills. He was the first person to lay wood in the chat box, as well as uh, uh, Strickland. Uh, he says, what's up, second place? Hey, it is what it is. And Douglas Muriel, Muriel is uh, third. But thank you, guys. That, that, that lets me know either you're part of the notification squad, you salute, and, uh, and you're rising up to the occasion of being the first person to lay wood in this chat box. Now I'm going to call it the flame box. But shout out to those that's in there. And shout out to Jay Hustle, too, as well. I bumped into him out there in the streets of Dallas last. It was uh, yesterday I bumped into you, and we had a good conversation about the defense the directions of where Dak Prescott should be and where he's going to be. So if you guys out there and y'all bump into me out there in the streets of the Dallas Cowboys area, uh, we can chop it up and talk live there too as well. So that's just how it goes. Uh, but moving forward, as far as this defense, what we need to do in order to get things going, I do know, I hear the streets talking. The Cowboy streets are always talking about the Earl Thomas. And we also compare doing the comparisons of the Jeff Heaps of the worlds. And what we're going to do with the X-Man. You guys saw that, that, that video that I just posted the uh, day before yesterday. One of those things, right? We saw those things, what Xavier Woods can do. We understand the growth that we want to see him in. And then we also looked at the aspect of what Jeff Heath can do. Full-time versus part-time. Me, I'm leaning more towards the aspect of putting Jeff Heath out there only at a rotational piece. But, you know, neither here nor there. If we so happen to get an Earl Thomas, and I do know that we've been talking about Earl Thomas all this offseason, talking about, hey, his love affair for the Cowboys, how he would like to just be a part of the silver and blue, the greatest team to ever touch on this planet earth right the dallas cowboys the america's team the team that everybody either hates or love and they just not nobody that's in between right this team 
If Earl Thomas really wants to go and wants to be on the part of this team, all he have to do is stop showing up for uh, mandatory uh, training camps for mandatory um, uh, training practices for the Seattle Seahawks. And then they're going to have to figure out a way to say, okay, we're going to have to let this guy get what he wants. He can come to us and he have to come with a hometown discount. We just can't reach into our pocket and say, okay, we're going to pay this guy $14, $15 million a year, whatever he's asking for. But neither here nor there. We can really focus in on this too as well. I really want to see during this offseason, we want to know what Brian Price is going to do. We're talking about the defensive front four, right? Uh, the uh, Dayton Jones, the Ash are these guys going to step it up? Because we understand, and I do know this has been echoed throughout the national media and out throughout the Cowboys Nation and other people platforms. We know that David Irvin, which I call Bella Irvin, we know that he's not going to be there for the first four games. What ramifications does that cause upon our team? Not playing at 100% come week one, week two, week three, and week four. Those things we're going to have to patch up. So we're going to have to be really focusing on this offseason on who the who's going to be the guys that's going to step it up through that mix all right so i'm just give a, a run drop what you're saying he said do you do your thing law shout out to you man bobby mclean uh, what's up law nations this is from john the almighty 92 i like that name almighty 92 jordan lewis or anthony brown into the slot that's a good battle um who's the faster who's, who's faster out of the two jordan lewis or anthony brown we do know that everybody right now saying that Anthony Brown uh, had a sophomore slump. He didn't show up to, to himself. But it's something crazy about the football world, whereas one year you can be the hero and the next year you can be the zero, right? Uh, you can argue this too as well uh, between the argument of between Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, who had a better rookie year. One can say, well, you know, Jordan Lewis had a better year, rookie year. And then somebody can bring up stats and say, well, technically, you know, Anthony Brown had a better rookie year. So we'll see how the new system will come into play when Chris Richard get his hands on all of these guys. And we're going to see, too, as well, whether or not who's going to win the inside battle. Because I do know for sure that Chris Richard liked length. He liked strength. He liked that recovery speed. He liked the guy that can come down and play press. And I do know that Jordan Hip Pocket Lewis, he don't get the name Hip Pocket just for fun. This guy can control the field by just playing up tight and up press and on the type of uh, – uh, the way that Chris Richard put his piece, peoples in places. So hopefully we'll see that battle within the battle. But don't sleep on my other guy, my dark horse. I already, you guys already know who my pet my pet cat is, is uh, on the offense is uh, Michael Gallup. But don't sleep on my dark horse. And my dark horse is Marquez White. He had the length. He had the range, the strength. He actually uh, played physical. Now, he had a basketball body last year. We know that, right? The guy was like one of those guys that was playing for Florida State, played football slash basketball, and he had that frame of a basketball player. And watch how we would see the battle between making, this, making the final cuts between him and I believe it may be a battle between uh, the Robinson guy that I did the film session on too as well a couple of weeks ago. So, and, and, and 
And we'll see. That's why I love this offseason because now we're seeing the real, everybody competing, everybody have a, a, not a shoe-in positioning, even with the Cal Q's, you know, of the worlds. And also uh, with the, like the Marquez Whites, the Duke Thomases, those guys that's on the back end of the back end, they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to start the fight in order to make this team. There's nobody that's going to be given a position now because I think that Chris Richard is going to hold everybody accountable. Remember, he talked about this thing right here. Accountability, dependability. Each one teach one. This is, a, this is not everybody running around talking about legion of boom, legion of boom, legion of boom. It was love of brothers, you see. So... I love that philosophy. And even if when you hear Chris Richard speak, we all sitting to the edge of our seats saying, okay, now we have a new wrinkle. He's better far beyond what a Joe Baker did for us last year. Um, shout out to uh, Kelvin. What's going on? He said, Anthony Brown gets beat bad and bites on double moves. Um, it was his second year. He get beats bad and bite on double moves. I, I agree. I, I said uh, earlier and most of my clippings of, of Anthony Brown, um, good good question, good good statement. I meant to say uh, that he gets bad, he get beat bad, and bite on double moves. Um, it, the, the thing is, when you plan to cover two, you know you should have uh, secondary help, or or the last help of your defense would be your free safety, your strong safety. Knowing where they, knowing where they're going to be out there on the field means everything. Speaks volumes, right? And I think that when Anthony Brown was some you know when he was submerged into that position his rookie year he didn't have to worry about oh man and uh, Orlando Scandrick is telling me what to do because Orlando Scandrick was hurt I believe and he was able to beat out the other guy and he was put in that position whereas he played more into the inside he played more of a blitz and he came down and he hit you and you felt it you know so hopefully he can get back to that that, that form and, and stop thinking and just play read react and explode but we'll see we'll see how this battle goes uh, lewis is real sticky this from ryan yes i agree that, that guy's a hip pocket ace he said he agrees give me the thumbs up on marquez white with the thumbs up uh, ninja nuts they're not going to start. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the talk track was before that. But, yeah, uh, Craig English, the chat box, guys, I do know that I'm on multiple platforms. So the chat box is normally located on my YouTube page. So if you're watching from another platform, just keep in mind that I'm answering the uh, YouTube uh, chat box. Um, it says, salute to you, my brother. Uh, this is from Mr. R.B., the boys got heat. He put the flame emojis out there this year. Even if we don't get Earl, fear the Cowboys. He got the gun with the bomb on it. Yeah, the boy's shooting all type of flames. Uh, Earl Thomas is is more so like the, the cherry that's on top of the uh, ice cream. We know the ice cream naturally tastes good. And I think the flavor that we're going to be pumping out is not going to be vanilla this year. It was vanilla last year. We play our cornerbacks and our DBs so far off, and we play the prevent style of defense, basically, and we try to um, play and adjust to the quarterbacks on how they play their defense, how they play their offense. This year, all that's changing. Finally, we're going to have the opposition, the offense, to say, okay, 
In order for me to fit this ball in this tight window, I got now a six foot two uh, cornerback that I have to worry about. They play press man coverage. And that's what me and my guy Jay Hustle uh, talked about yesterday when I bumped into him live down there in the streets. He was saying like, man, I agree with you 100%. Now the opposition is going to have to think. Now, did, did Rob Marinelli throw in some man-to-man defense last year? Yes, of course. But this year, this year, we're going to see a different, a new type of flavor. Shout out to CT Cowboys DC for life. What's going on with you? DMVD, how are we so sure Marinelli will, know, will allow Chris Richard to fully implement his system? That's a good question, DMV. I think that, you know, put it like this. It's, it was writing on the wall that pretty much Chris Richard is, is, is implemented, implementing his style of defense once he signed with the Cowboys. Uh, when, when you hear rumors, when you hear noise at high levels, of, of Rob Marinelli saying that he's about to retire. If you think that you're going to retire, you didn't already retire basically. But what happened was with Eberflus, he was sitting back and he didn't want to override pretty much what Rob Marinelli was, was, was going to do or was he's going to wait or not. So that's why Eberflus, have you said his man's name? That's why he went to the Colts and we ultimately went and grabbed Chris Richard and told him, like, this pretty much is going to be your positioning and waiting. All we have to do is sprinkle in some knowledge of the system of the guys that we have in place with Rob Marinelli. To me, I have a, I have a weird feeling or a, a sensation that this may be Rob Marinelli's last year. And the writing is on the wall. We come hell and high water whether or not we win big or we lose or what have you. And hopefully we win big. That This is just, just Rob Marinelli's last year. The guy's long in the tooth. And I think that he's, he's on his way out. And, and, and trust me, guys. I don't have any ill feelings towards Rob Marinelli. I love his style of, of, of the way he coaches the front four and maybe you can throw in the linebackers I just don't like the philosophy of how he coached the secondary and neither here nor there I'm not into any playing meeting these these are just my opinion these are just my thoughts um, I'm not making any decisions out there for the Cowboys nation for the Cowboys uh, staffing but just from the writing on the wall I just think that Chris Richard is the next man up as far as coaching we ain't we ain't lose nothing. This is for Kevin Martin. Shout out to you, uh, Dak Run Fifty Two. Preach it. We are good, but Earl would give us the depths and, and the safety and keep everyone in rotation. Hey, hey we speak about Sean Lee, right? And that's a good question. Um, that's a good question, uh, Dak Run Fifty Two. This is the thing we talked about the the benefits of having Sean Lee. We talked about how important it is for Sean Lee to be in this particular defense. And we go into levels of games and things like that. But throughout the course of the year, if you look at Sean Lee's stats, there's not nothing that's going to just blow your mind. You know, I don't think that Sean Lee been into the play, Pro Bowl uh, as much as he should because the health is always, you know, football is a war of attrition. We know that, right? So when we talked about Sean Lee, we know how how much of a benefit it is for him to have to have him out there on the field. Now imagine if you split Sean Lee in half and you put another Sean Lee out there. That is what Earl Thomas bring. 
He brings in the intangibles that you can't even really understand. So when you're talking about somebody who can craft this defense and knows the ins and outs of what Chris Richard is trying to implement, of course we can get some marginal of returns from a Jeff Heaps of the worlds and also some marginal returns of the Xavier Woods. But you can only imagine of what you can have an expert T down there and I'm talking about Earl Thomas now you're putting two Earl Thomases now you're putting two Sean Lees out there you got Sean Lee and you got Earl Thomas those guys that knows the system of the football knowing where everybody needs to be at and placing putting places out there on the ball those things speaks volumes guys and I do know that if you're a stat munchers or, or you're a stat guy not not to call you a stat muncher you can craft your story and say, well, wait a minute. The narrative is showing that these guys have regressed. You know, I can show you stats that Sean Lee stats is not up there amongst the uh, upper epsilon so of the, or, or up there with the, the best far as stats. But the intangible piece, when you put Sean Lee out there, everybody grows. Everybody plays better. You see, it immediately stops to run. I can beat on my chest this right, right, right now, and I say, "With Sean Lee is when Sean Lee is out there, you're not getting a hundred yard rushing. The opposition is not going to just go out there and run over a hundred yards. This guy's a heat sickle and missile, and he also knows to tell, hey, Jalen Smith, line up right here. Uh, Barry Church, when Barry Church was playing for us, come down a little bit on this side, shade this side of the field, cheat to that side of the field. That's Sean Lee." And history will show us when you take Sean Lee off the field, that's when teams start rubbing their hands together saying, it's time for us to eat. We're running this thing. We're running this rock. So if you transpose what I'm saying, what that about Sean Lee, and you add in the aspect of what Earl Thomas does for your team collectively, he may not give you the gaudy stats in the last three years, but come hell and high water, he will have those guys in the right spot spots in the positioning no more six yards cushions yes tim this is from tim limsey limsey yes no more six yard cushion uh shout out to you for that comment doris armstrong jr is the missing link this is from b pepper uh i i, I really really <clears throat> excuse me i really can't wait to see doris armstrong to see how his skill set will relate to the uh, nfl level not saying I have reservations on him. The kid is explosive. Connor Williams only gave up one sack in the last three years. You know, uh, I'm talking about the the rookie uh, Connor Williams that we have for the Dallas Cowboys, who we drafted with the 50 overall pick, something like that. You know, uh, he only gave up one sack, and it was against that guy Dorrance Armstrong. I'm telling you, that guy had burst, agility to get off the edge, quick hands. Short area quickness. I like Dorrance Armstrong, but we have to see, you know, when it, when that time come during this offseason. I can't wait to see the um, evaluations of these guys, uh, especially during training camp, hopefully during OTAs, and hopefully uh, during when they come back from OTAs um, or, or Oxnard or what have you, and, and they come down here to Dallas and, and start practicing at Star in Frisco. Your brother from another mother, no other, should be down there watching them guys practice and explode and things like that. Uh, Brandon Stewart, what about Coverton? <clears throat> Coverton, to me, I have yet to seen uh, or heard anything of him. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to try to push out a, a small snippet of a film, a film session for coveting. We talk about the linebacker for those who don't know. Um, the thing is with him is that I think they drafted him for to play special teams, to fill in that gap because we're missing uh, some special team pieces for, you know, for, for, for teams, you know, uh, who to grab some of our special team guys. So I'm still putting my placeholder, putting the place, putting him on a placeholder, basically. is uh, This is from Verl Keeler. He says, is Gregory suspended already? <laughs> I think that um, you meaning that is he off the suspension? Um, hopefully he, the Roger Goodell can stop playing political football and um, running this thing like a political um, show or what have you and go ahead and reinstate the uh, Randy Gregory. Uh, I think that what they're doing is they're waiting for a very, very slow news uh, week and they're going to go ahead and say uh, Randy Gregory is now um, eligible to play and then they're going to run a special NFL network on players who uh, missed out on opportunities. Watch, that's going to happen. You know, the NFL is all about making money, making headlines and things of that nature. So we're going to see Randy Gregory play this year. I'm just going to stand on this chair and say that and look you guys right into the eyes and say Randy Gregory is playing. But they're going to use it as a political propaganda uh, PC show. That's just that's just how the NFL is. They squeeze stories and they have their narratives on teams of what they need to have to make the bottom line. You know, it, this is the, although the NFL is listed as a nonprofit, they are for profit. Trust me and believe that. Uh, Roger, go to hell. <laughs> this is from Mr. Williams. Yeah, man, it, it is, man. It is. Uh, Roger Goodell is one of those things where it's, uh, it's all about money. And, and, and life has, has become that way, you know, um, in any circuit or any arena it's you don't get the truth about things anymore you know it's all about uh click here and sign up for this and then at the end of the day pay 99 dollars for that you know and and you just say hey i just want to enjoy the game you know or, or the game may be free but it's 300 dollars to park you know it's one of those things where it's a catch-22 and that's just life, man. It's just that's that's the United States way. You know, everything is a capitalistic society. Everything is for a price or for a money. There's nothing free ninety nine no more, right? <laughs> so that's just what it is. Um, who is this, Sheffield? Uh, what do you think about Gallup's burning uh, as a starter? Um, Gallup. Yeah, let me move on. Move over to the uh, wide receiver talk. Michael Gallup is my pet cat. I, I I really said when we drafted him in the third round, uh, some teams had him as a second-round grade. Uh, some people had him, as far as pro football focus, had him higher than uh, DJ Moore's of the Worlds and uh, other cats that was drafted before him. So I really think that we found a hidden gem in Michael Gallup. I got a comparison. I don't want to say it yet, so I don't want to spoil everybody's mind. But shout out to Blogging the Boys, I think, uh, and um, somebody else I forgot. But I think my guy, Jay Reese, he sent me a link. Or it could have been Italian Cowboys, one of y'all. man. You guys love sending me links, helping me out with my information. Uh, they sent me a link saying the comparables of uh, Michael Gallup is to Stefan Diggs or something like that. And I'm going to say this before the season starts. I have him better 
Dennis Stefan Diggs, who played for the Minnesota Vikings. I have him actually better than that guy. So my comparison, I'm not going to say it. Wait till the season starts, and then I'm going to come out and say, this is the guy who compares, uh, who I compare uh, Michael Gallup to. And I'm going to say, I just got to wait to see him doing training camp, and I just got to wait too as well to see him go against our, our DBs. And I might just say it before the start of the season, who I really, deep down in my heart, who I have the comparable of Michael Gallup. It's so it's so crazy that it's scary, you know, and I just don't want to outspeak my wisdom teeth on that. I just want to be able to just wait back, sit back and say it. But you guys in the comment section can give me who you think that you compare a, uh, a Michael Gallup to. Um, I like Noah Brown. This is from, this is from Williams. Noah Brown, he's been working on the offseason with D-Rob, always open. I think that Noah Brown is, from the frame, his shape, the way he runs in and out of his breaks, I think that Noah Brown is more of a comparable of an of a ex-receiver. I think that you can put Noah Brown on the outside along, and then on top of that too as well, you don't have to worry about blocking with Noah Brown. He can block down the field. I think that he have uh, that, that quick burst and that strength. Look, look back, look back at his tape. The guy can catch and pluck the ball out of the sky. Sure, soft hands. I just can't wait to see how this year is going to unfold for Noah Brown because he got all of the intangibles that you love to see out there on the field. And I think that give this guy a chance and opportunity, he will prove a lot of people wrong. And I think that he can master that exposition. The, the writing is on the wall. The footsteps are so loud for Terrence Williams. It's not even funny at this point. These young wide receivers, everybody counting them out, everybody having uh, their reservations on this young crew. But give me this young wide receiver core, and I'm telling you, I love the fact that we kind of rank like 32nd or 31st throughout the NFL. This wide receiver core is going to slap and hit everybody across the face. And everybody going to come back to this video that I posted on July the 8th. What today is? Yeah, July the 8th. And they're going to say, this guy, Law Nation, he was telling the truth about this wide receiver core. Because it's just nothing, nobody that you can put a finger on and say, okay, this is going to be their production. You see, um, think about this. Outside of Terrence Williams, you really don't have anybody that you can really say, I can shut down. Think about this too as well. I do know that Cole Beasley or Skip Bayless, like you could call him Measley Beasley, had a horrible year last year but i'm telling you this year alone when you throw in the likes of the tavon's austins of the worlds right you throw in him who's able to get the separation who's able to take the top off the defense we were saying that for years i mean the last guy that we had this type of speed speed with control because we do know that Lucky Whitehead had some speed. We do know that Bryce Butler had some speed. Bryce Butler got a mental issue. I think that he just gets too much into the game and just snap up his the whole entire mindset of what he needs to do where beyond the sticks. But that's another story. The last time we had speed like this was Rocket Ishmael. Or maybe you could throw in a Terry Glenn, but he didn't have this type of speed at short stop quick burst you see and what that does is that and automatically it limits the bracket coverage when you fit pretty much you do the jet sweep or the reverse or the end around when you take the uh Tavon Austin and you line up in different personnel like the 10 personnel or the 20 personnel this this wide receiver core is going to surprise everybody 
And and don't worry about, okay, the Dak Prescott fiasco. He can't hit water if he fell off a boat. I understand people have their reservations on Dak Prescott. But what seals everything for this wide receiving core is actually, this is what seals everything, is Ezekiel Elliott. Remember this name, Ezekiel Elliott. I know you guys already know, but I'm telling you, Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best slot receivers that we have on this team, although he's a running back. But teams are going to try to load up the box. They're going to try to cushion. They're not going to give nobody cushion on the edge, and they're going to say, Dak Prescott, try to beat us. But the problem is, go back and watch the Arizona Cardinals game. Ezekiel Elliott by himself and with this front offensive line, those front five. They can actually exploit that front, that that eight, nine men in the box because everybody, if they lay a hat on a hat, you got one person to beat. Give me that setup any day, even twice on Sunday. You give me that setup with Ezekiel Elliott one-on-one because pretty much a hat on a hat, you got eight, nine nine men in the box. Ezekiel Elliott can take it to zero to 60 real quick and they can get you up out of that defense. And then on top of that, you got to play honest too as well. Because if you try to load up that box and you got a reverse sweep, the threat of the reverse sweep, you got that threat out there. Tavon Austin can take it to the house too as well. Um, who we have? DMV Law is preaching this Sunday morning. Yes, I'm preaching, bro. <laughs> I'm preaching. <laughs> what up, uh, Belly? What's going on? Not calling you Belly, Irvin, but what's up, Belly? You know who I'm talking about. It's in the chat box. Jay Kelly. What's going on? Gallup equals Tory Holt. Um, Tory Holt is just a slight hair faster than Gallup, though. But I got him a comparison. I, I like that comparison. But I got somebody else in mind. I'm not just going to say that right now. I'm not going to say that right now. Um, let me see what else we have that's in the chat box, man. Appreciate everybody, man, that's in the flame box, the chat box, the yoga flame area. Um, this is from Dalty, Dalty, Marquez Dalty. Uh, that's right. Yes. Um, and this is from Cajun. Dak Prescott will be a down the field of the Cowboys. We'll throw the ball. We'll be the down the field of the Cowboys. Oh, no, 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 no. My contact is dried up. Oh, I can't read today. Cajun said Dak Prescott will be the downfall of the Cowboys. Look, I, I can understand that you have your reservations. And I'm going to put a placeholder on Raisin Cajun. Um, we can have our, our, our strong, strong um, reservations on Dak Prescott. But remember, remember this team is not designed around a quarterback. I was telling everybody that before the draft, we must focus on the core. And all you have to do is think of this. Is Dak Prescott better than Brad Johnson? Is Dak Prescott better than a Joe Flacco? Is Dak Prescott better than an Eli, 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 Eli Manning? Is Dak Prescott better than Trent Difford? Is Dak Prescott better than those guys? One can argue and say he's far beyond those quarterbacks. Well, Joe Flacco, you can throw in the mix of that. But to me personally, he's far beyond those guys. So were any one of those guys, reason why I'm mentioning these guys, they have Super Bowl hardware. They have ring or Super Bowl rings. One of them have rings, and that's Eli. <laughs> but 
neither here nor there, I really think that if this team can focus on the core, which they did, you know, they went and got everything that you can imagine as far as the replacement of this offensive line. They went and got a Connor Williams, who I just mentioned earlier, that gave up only one sack in three years. So you got that. And then they went and got a seasonal guy named Cam Fleming. That's on the offensive line. So you prepared to, for this battle. The trenches, the war, you know, this is where everything goes down. And and I already said about the opposite side with the defense. We didn't touch that part too as well, the defensive tackle. They didn't focus too much on the core, but they did went and got some help as far as the uh the linebacker core. We do know that Anthony Hitch or it was his name, Anthony Hitch, yeah, he's gone. So now they went and got a LVE. LVE, you know, who can cover out in space, who can play pretty well, what what, what Rob Marinelli and Chris Richard is asking for. So they went and did things this draft to pretty much supplement the the defense and supplement this offense and to have actual uh, backup people in positionings for this. So with that being said, if you look at this all together, does everything hinges on Dak Prescott? No. <laughs> Everything is put in place for this quarterback to just hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott and to hit the guys when they open, either for short intermediate passes and occasionally go hit the ball down the field. Because now you have your people, you put everything in place for this offensive line. Look, if we was a plus two games from last year. We 11 and five, you know, by us going nine and seven, people fail to realize that still was a winning season. Even if we talk about all this stuff during the offseason, if we are plus one game, can you just give me this Raging Cowboy? I'm about to say Raging Cowboys, but your name, Cajun Raging, whatever your name. Uh, you just give me this. If we are plus one game, if we 10 and 6, will you still have the same strong reservations on this team collectively? You see, everything happened for a reason. And I think that with this staff, what they did, they looked back at everything and said, what was the main cost of us having this downfall from last year? The off the field issues with Ezekiel Elliott, one can raise their hand and say that. And then also the offensive line. If you put those things in place, and if you had Ezekiel Elliott all last year for the 16, 17 weeks, what have you, I don't think we would have went 9-7. I think we would have been at least a plus one or plus two games. So now we have that. We have that in the drawer. <laughs> so we'll see what this year what this year is going to hold up. And I do know we always have our reservations on this team because it's the off season, and nobody always say the Cowboys are going to be like win every game, sixteen and zero, sixteen and zero. You know, no one says that. Most people are pretty much in the middle, like eight and eight, eight and eight collectively. All right. Hopefully, uh, who's this uh, uh, big country? Dak took Romo's job even when he. Even when healthy, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good, I guess it's a good saying. Dak took Romo's job even when healthy. Look, I was talking about do you pay Romo or do you don't pay Romo? Do you pay Dak Prescott or do you don't pay Dak Prescott? And the ramification of paying your guys. Um, when you pay your guys in the National Football League, the problem is, is that you will miss out on certain portions of, of players where you can put into places to help this team out. If we look back at, at Tony Romo's uh, contract, the time that we went and signed him for like $105 million or whatever it may have been, uh, we had holes in our off- offense. We weren't able to pay for the money for the offensive line, and we were not able to actually help out him with the defense. Now that Dak Prescott already said that, okay, 
I'm willing to be flexible with my contract negotiation, meaning that I'm a Cowboys first, not saying that Romo wasn't. I'm willing to put I'm willing to put my money back or put my money to the side. And now we can implement put people around me to help me out and to help the Cowboys nation out to win the Super Bowl. That's what it's all about winning playoff game and Super Bowl. And now that you have that now in the mix, it's possible, guys. It is possible. So don't put your mind all around Dak Prescott winning us games. Like I said before, if you really want to make money this offseason and when the season start coming around, you craft up the Photoshop skills. You put Dak Prescott in the bus. You 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 then uh, make the armor of that bus the Dallas Cowboys defense. The offensive line would be the wheels. And the engine to make this thing go is Ezekiel Elliott. That is where you want to rest everything on is Ezekiel Elliott. And not just Ezekiel Elliott, the running team collectively. Think about this too as well, Jamez Zolawale, Rod Smith, and then you sprinkle in a Tavon, offense, uh, Tavon Austin during this webback situation. Just going to be nice. It's going to be medieval. Trust me, guys. Just trust me. Just take my word for it. If not, then I'll fall on the sword, you know, for the nation. Um, this is uh, from Jackie Smith, the enforcer this in the mix. Be our fan base. We would give not this a second-year quarterback, not a 14-year quarterback. But our fan base, basically what she's saying is that, we don't have a lot of patience within our fan base, Cowboys collectively. A lot of people already gave up on Dak Prescott. Just as if just as so, a lot of people, tons of Cowboys Nation gave up on Tony Romo when he uh, fumbled that ball against the Seattle Seahawks, I think 2006, 2007 year. A lot of people, a lot of Cowboys truth was saying that this guy is a choke artist or what have you. And then 2007 was a remarkable year. To me personally, they shouldn't got rid of Bill Parcells or Bill Parcells should have just said, okay, I'm going to give you guys one more year. But we went and got Dave, what is not Dave Campbell? We went and got uh, the Wade Phillips guy, right? Wade, what's Wade Phillips? Bum Phillips' son went 13-3 and three and everybody was saying, we're going to win the Super Bowl that year, 2007. We had T.O., we had everybody. All those weapons that Tony Romo had, all those weapons in 2007, all those weapons, three three guys, I think 11 guys made the Pro Bowl. Um, we had three guys on the offensive line to make the Pro Bowl too as well. We had all these weapons around us, and we laid an egg, you know. So for it just happened, you know. Yes, it happened. Uh, Davis, good morning to you too as well. Thank you for tuning in to the nation. Uh, and Dak, we trust from Pedro. Yes, that's the way you got to go, you know, and Dak, we trust. Um, and then, you know, we just got to figure out a way that uh, everybody, everybody's pretty much hating on the guy. And I, for me, I don't know why, but I do know why in small circles, but I'm not going to even put that out here on this uh, wonderful platform. But everybody have their reservations, but if you look at just raw stats, and I'm not even a stats guy, you'll see that, okay, we should pump the brakes a little bit. The guy is balling. And then uh, the guy is balling from a stats aspect. Uh, record prediction, this is from Richard Hernandez. Um, I, I got to give you a special show for the record prediction. But I think that we be on, we're going to be beyond 9-7. It's not just me sipping the tea. I think that we can be a plus game, at least a plus one or two games from last year. Just along with the uh, um, the aspect of having everybody playing 
and not shooting ourselves in the foot. That's why I was mad at Belly Irving. He knew what we went through all last year for him to shoot himself in the foot, but just kind of crazy too as well. And Terrence Williams, come on now. <laughs> Those guys shot themselves in the foot. Does the uh, kicker issues at the end of the season bothers anyone but me? This is from Derek Williams. Um, I think they rushed the kicker out there. He was still injured, and I think that uh, that's the reason why he missed a few of those kicks. Hopefully, Dan the man, Dan the money man Bailey. Hopefully, he can get things back in order and get things back going right in the right direction. All right, so all right, so here's here's uh Another comment from Rodney Jones. Law Nation, you know why. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, you know I know that I know that I know I, that I know. Uh, this is from this is from Raging Cajun. Black people hype that. And he says up and say that they he's the greatest because he's black. You know, he says he, he wanna throw in that aspect because he's black. Um, you look at the players, look at the film before you look at the color. I think that collectively, most people look at the film and tape. Now, you have a small segment of population that will look at the color of the skin of the quarterback and then like to put those particular quarterbacks in those uh, uh, arenas like the Cam Newtons, the uh, Donovan McNabb, the Dante Culpepper, the Warren Moons and the Cunninghams and the uh, RG Knee, I call that guy, that name, Russell Wilson. Uh, collectively, people will uh, naturally have the xenophobia of, uh, of putting certain quarterbacks in a certain only context of a box. Those people create those things with their minds because they don't have the knowledge or the wherewithal to watch the film and trust what they see with their eyes. They, they, they kind of put themselves in that uh, uh, raging uh, occasion and, and, and it speaks volumes of their knowledge of what they uh, really have in their mind. When you start saying, OK, he's a black quarterback, he can only do this or he a white quarterback, he can only do that. And it is baffling to me, whereas this this is 2018 and, and going into the 2018 year, we're getting close to that, that people still have uh, a, a so small, minute way of thinking, diminutive thoughts. And it is crazy because. At the end of the day, we see uh, good good players who make mistakes. We see bad players that, that somehow um, get a chance to win the Super Bowls, like the Eli Mannings of the world and, and the Trent Differs. These guys uh, are, are uh, not expertise in passing the ball or Jay, Joe Flacco. They get time and time again. Can you only imagine if uh, Eli was a, a, a guy of a different hue and he played for the Giants and he led the NFL in interceptions and led the NFL in these type of arenas. What would be the massive talk tracks of the people throughout the world, you know? So <clears throat> it goes two folds. And, and I believe that the Cowboys nation collectively, the, the ones that understand that Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott alone is faced with more pressure than any other quarterback that ever played for the Dallas Cowboys. Because for one, he replaced the guy that pretty much didn't <clears throat> didn't win the game in the big moments, right? I understand that he had one of the, the, the most comebacks in the Dallas Cowboys history as making his team win. But when I'm talking about big moments, <clears throat> Tony Romo stayed injured. And now you got a guy, a younger guy, who pretty much – who's not a, 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 an efficient passer of the ball as a Tony Romo. You got to understand, too, as well, Tony Romo was in his 13th, 12th 
what 12th or 13th, 14th season. And, and, and people make that comparison of a Dak Prescott to Tony Romo. That's just kind of like comparing a Picasso to a third grader. It's not, it's not in the same arena. And, and, and people don't look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture would be, okay, now we got a quarterback that can remain healthy. If you're healthy and you're able to play, then you're wealthy enough to win games. Healthy, you're wealthy, right? So Tony Romo's only problem was he was not able to stand upright and stay in the game. And that speaks volumes of problems. Um, I compared the likings of a Tony Romo to an Aaron Rodgers, a, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning. But the only difference was that Tony Romo could not stay healthy. And we can always stand on our chair and say, okay, Tony Romo is the best co- Dallas Cowboys quarterback of all time, but he have no hardware. He have no, uh, even in his uh, high school or even in his uh, collegiate career, he just not been that guy that you can say, okay, we can go back to these arenas and so- show that he improved the team to these measures. Now you throw in a Dak Prescott, and he so happened to be a brother. And then a lot of people look at it like, okay, Dak Prescott stole his positioning. No, Dak Prescott earned his positioning because this guy was injured. And now it's 2018. The last time we saw Romo play a good, successful year was 2014. That's water under bridge. That's a long time from now. 2014, 2018, that's a long time, guys. So it, 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 it goes beyond that. So I don't want to get into much, much more details of Dak Prescott versus Romo or Dak Prescott versus the, um, the other uh, skin complexion of other quarterbacks. But we need to just focus and grow up and grow a pair and just focus and look at the tape. Can Dak Prescott make a pass? Yes. Is it the best thing? Is it an Aaron Rodgers type of pass? No. Is it a Tony Romo type of pass? No. But can he win you games? His record shows that he's 22 and 10. Give me that twice on Sundays. Give me 22 and 10. And you guys can keep a, a quarterback that stayed injured, you know. Uh, and that's just the problem, you know, with the Cowboys Nation. We must figure out a way to get beyond our small minds and put our big minds on, you know. But <clears throat> why do you think Rodgers love Dak? I don't know. You know, this is from uh, Beltrain. What's going on with you? Shout out to you. Uh, Prescott doesn't have the uh, the Landry, the Jimmy Johnsons, or a Hall of Fame teammates either. This is from Verl. Yeah, you don't have that. <laughs> Hulk Rage Cowboys. Man, what's going on, man? Shout out to you, man. All right, so what time, how long I've been going on? I'm trying to give you guys a show for in a whole hour. So it's 46, it's 15 minutes till. So let's keep this thing rolling. Let's keep it going, baby. Romo, I'm not going to say that. Uh, Bell Train, he said Romo suck, period. You know, end of day, pretty much type of talk. I, I don't want to put Romo in that, that world, right? We do know that... Uh, uh, Romo had Jerry Jones as his general manager making all the decisions. If I could, the best thing that could have happened to Romo, if we was to have some type of time machine and we were to get, uh, uh, what's this guy's name? Boy, my mind is gone. It's too early in the morning. Maybe, maybe I need to sip on some coffee. Uh, <clears throat> man, Will McClay, that's his name. Man, I'm going for 45 minutes straight. Will, if we had Will McClay, from the birth of Tony Romo entering again to 2004, 2005, 2006. Will McClay was the guy that was putting people in places and they started to trust Will McClay during that time. They got him on a team or what have you, whatever, whatever it may have been. 
this team would have been different. We wouldn't have been making these crazy bonehead decisions as far as personnel groupings and going out spending tons of money on wide receivers that we already had a boatload of wide receivers already on our team. Uh, we would have focused on being more a, of a, a structured team whether it's drafting, because we guys remember we in 2012, we drafted about 13 guys or something like that. And none of those guys still on his team to this day. So it's been a world of a crazy run with Tony Romo's career. But that's a story of a different day. If at the end of the day, everybody is pretty much at fault when you're talking about the staffing, you know, and Tony Romo and our ages of uh of being incompetent you know as far as the uh, front staff because i can look at from 2004 to at least until now we should at least had one ring at least one ring you know during this era because we had the team we had the people we had the uh the the, the staff and all this stuff as far as the uh the roster but whether it's coaching insufficiencies or whether it's staffing insufficiencies, and you add those together and what Jerry Jones was doing too as well, uh, it cost us big time. Um, Will McClay for president, Jerry McCartney. Yeah, yes. Uh, after the Quincy Carter debacle, Romo was a, was a golden goose. This is from B. Peppers. Yeah. Romo was the golden goose uh, after the Quincy Carter. But shout out to Quincy Carter. Not to just throw this out there. He did take the team at one point, 10 and 6. 10 and 6. Look it up. Don't believe me. Just look it up. 10 and 6 is something that we can marvel at, you know, if we can go every year on, you know. Um, <clears throat> that hater should be forced to endure the season with Steve Pillarer at quarterback. <laughs> Whoever that is. Yeah, this is from Burl Killer. Yeah, shout out to you for that information. Jackie Smith, B Peppers, Amen. And that's why Dak has all of the hate. Whatever B Pepper says. Yes, uh, uh Jackie, yeah. You know, it's tons of hate, man. But think about this. Let's focus back on the core. Let's focus back on the message of the day. Chris Richard, defensive coordinator. I've got to say defensive coordinator. The passing coach coordinator. This that passing coach coordinator, his his responsibility is to coach the secondary. So that's his implementations or his mindset, his skill set, and his thoughts is going to be out there on the field, echoing down to everybody. Rob Marinelli, the overall defensive coordinator, he's going to be focused on this front four. He, with his rotational piece and also you're going to sprinkle in what uh, the linebackers need to do out there too as well. He's going to have his, his fingerprints on all that. But now when you put focus in on one thing, remember on another video I said the difference between a laser and a light bulb. they two beams of light, two spectrums of light. But the difference of what makes a light bulb less lesser than a laser is the focus. And when you can focus Horn in on what your objective is, then you can do things remarkable. Now, as far as the wide receiver, I think that collectively we're going to hit people across the face, all in the mouth, because this team, this wide receiving court, the only scouting report that most people have is on Cole Beasley. You can bracket coverage him and you can try to man him up, but one-on-one you're not going to try to do that, right? And it's going to be proven that if you have Ezekiel Elliott for a plus 10 games or plus 12 games that you're going to be on the more of the winning side. You go back at Ezekiel at history, even back in high school, the brother wins games. And now you sprinkle in what a Tavon Austin going to do. I know we're going back 
but he had Fisher as his uh, coach, and then he had the uh, the other guy McVay or whatever his name is uh, for the uh, LA Rams now as a coach. And a lot of people saying, "Oh, wait a minute, his numbers wasn't that gaudy." But look at this: his focus wasn't on him. His focus was on golf and uh, Tar Gurley. I think that now with this system, Tavon Austin never had these type of offensive linemen to run behind. He will show up and he will show out if he don't get injured. You see, and I and, and another thing, just to just not to just make everything uh, dandelions and dandelions and roses or, or tulips or whatever. Um, Tavon Austin have to work on his fumbling. You know, well not work on his fumbling. He have to not fumble. You know, so securing the ball that's what he have to work on. Um, so we talked about that too as well, guys. And and I always like to leave off on a positive message. You guys know uh, this when you're up against the struggles. I always talk about putting you guys in a different mindset. When you're up against the struggles, meet it squarely face-to-face. Lift your chin, set your shoulders, plant your feet, and take a brace. When it's vain to try to dodge it, do the best that you can do. You may fall, you may conquer, see it through. Black may be the clouds about you, raging cowboy, or raging uh, raising Cajun. Black may be the clouds about you, but don't let your nerve desert you. Keep yourself in fight and trim. If even worse is bound to happen in spite of all that you do, remember, just remember this, Cowboys Nation. Running from it will not save you. See it through. Even hope may seem but futile, then with trouble may be beset. But remember, you facing what other legends have met, Roger. Starbucks of the worlds, right? Troy Aikmans, the Emmett Smiths, the Michael Irvins. But you just facing what these other legends have met. But when you fall, fall still fighting. I always say this right here. Even a prize fighter. Even when he get knocked out, I know you guys play that game, knockout king. You still have a chance, still swinging. When you fall, fall, still fighting. Head high, eyes to the finish. See it through, Cowboy Nation. We will get this thing out as we go. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Zeke pre-Elliot experience, one of the best, coldest, baddest YouTube names out here in the universe in the Mecca Gorilla Farm. Shout out to you two as well. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Miss Jackie too as well for being the enforcer in the mix. That's all the time I have for today. I really thank you for yours. And remember... You listening to nothing but the bass. Salute. I'm out. Peace. Let's jam on out to this 300. Yeah, let's get this thing going.